Hey guys, welcome to Hope It Helps. Today's guest is Jamil Abu Wardeh. Jamil is the founder of Metcalf.com, an advisory that helps people learn and launch their crypto, NFT, and blockchain investments. He has extensive experience in digital content with Google and YouTube, following a long media career in management positions in TV networks including Showtime, Discovery, and NBC. His passion lies at the intersection of digital commerce, content, and culture change, and aims to use his knowledge and expertise to help people connect through technology and business. During this episode, we discuss everything to do with blockchain technology, crypto, and NFTs. We talk about how to identify a good project and how to launch your own, and the emergence of Web 3.0 and what the future of that looks like. And the last message he wanted to share is learn by doing, give it enough time, and don't just try, try 10 times. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Jamil Abu Wardeh. Thank you. Hello. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you so much for your time and for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, so, Jamil, me and you, like, I'm sure everyone's sick of hearing this by now, connected through LinkedIn, which a lot of my guests have come from. And I've been following your work for a while. And you're, I know you're in the crypto space and you're always posting very interesting content about it, about blockchain, about what the future of this looks like. And I think nowadays, especially with the rise of, you know, NFTs and even crypto a year ago, it's now become, I guess, normal or people like it's become in the public sphere. Like it's not just the select few who understand what the fuck is going on. Like they're like, okay, yeah, we know there's something. Oh, you can make money fit. Cool. I think that's the biggest draw. Um, so I thought having someone like you on the show who's been in this space, you've been in it since 2014. So it's very, so you've kind of seen, uh, you, were the, you were the early adopter at the time in 2014 for sure. I'd yeah, like yeah. to see now you've kind of, if you've been in it from then, I think you're someone who has most experience in the field and would have the best knowledge to give myself and to all of us. But before we get into everything, Jamil, why don't you give all of us a little bit of background about yourself and we'll take it from there. Amazing. Um, well, first of all, I've been following you for a year and I'm so impressed with the fact that you have kept at it and you're consistent. And yes, again, I, I've seen it on LinkedIn. So that's something that is to be admired, consistency. And the fact that uh, you reached out not just to me, but everybody that you've had on the show I think we all owe you a thank you right away for oh, just being somebody who's organized enough to continue. Um, and for me, if somebody leaves today knowing uh, something they didn't, or I would hope changing their mind slightly, then that's down to you, um, you know, get it, getting people um, to learn, right? For sure. So about me, the first thing I want to say is, I'm a constant learner, okay? Um, I am learning and I can give you a very mini bio in terms of what brought me, you know, when you say crypto and I've been in it so long. Um, I want to say that until a year ago, I was in the crypto closet. I came out of the crypto closet <laughs> okay. a year ago in 2021 when, as expected, because it's actually math and there's science behind it, it's growing very similar to any uh, technology grows. So if you look at any technology in history, you can start, let's start with the car and then go to uh, phones, the mobile phones, internet. They follow a very similar path. And the one thing is, is they solve a problem and people will go towards something that works for them and creates value, okay? Sure. So... 
I'm going to describe that, you know, a similar thing in terms of my path. Um, I studied engineering. I never worked in engineering <laughs> from day one. Um, I started in media because it was a job that was available and um, the satellite TV stations were a new thing and there were so many jobs. So I went into something that I was interested in and I'd always been interested in uh, media performing arts but um, that kind of thing wasn't the option it was doctor lawyer engineer yes, that kind of, of course, stuff so you study so i would start by saying i realized literally a year ago that i've been in digital assets all of my life digital assets that started with content and if you want to understand what a digital asset is in terms of content it's netflix mm. it's facebook it's tiktok it's instagram it's all of these um digital assets that get you hooked to uh, in order to view and in that sense i spent over a decade and because of again growth luck meeting the right people working uh, many many hours i was able to uh, become the director of original content um, uh, somebody high up in production basically in different um, entities now the one thing that i would always do is look at where the money is coming from okay so this is a constant path in my life in terms of, okay, I know what I'm doing, but I want to know who's paying for it, right? And in that sense, I want to help the company that I'm working for make more money so that we have more resources. Sure. So I would go out on all the sales um, uh, meetings, ad sales, and at one point in my life, I actually moved into a sales role uh, when the internet was new, okay? Okay. So I've seen this before, right? 1999. I left media and got an incredible three months of training in a, you know, it's almost like a movie um, in terms of, uh, uh, it was an ex-police academy where there were like cadets and we just worked for about 12 hours a day, amazing trainers, three months and came out the other end and the dot-com crash happened. So the company that paid a lot of money for all of us to be uh, trained had not, had no money left. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was, again, it's one of those where you fail upwards. Um, because of my internet experience, I got to work back in TV, but in entertainment. And I managed to be part of um, a move to Dubai, which is where I wanted to be because I had family here, including my parents. And um, I managed many, many productions, but they included things like MTV, which is music, yeah, uh, yeah. stuff for... Um, uh, sport so we created um, a lot of programming around there but the interesting part is of course there's always somebody who's paying for it and in that sense I then moved myself to the companies uh, which are more tech companies of course the Googles the Facebooks and all of these companies grew and I did work that started to go online but more specifically it uh, meant products being sold and this is the second part. So there's digital assets in terms of content, yeah. the commerce and e-commerce angle I developed over the past five, six years because everything that we wanted to sell, we needed to sell online. And then what accelerated that for me was COVID, right? So I'm always looking for what's new. And the one thing that's in common with any business is money. Okay. Like anybody who's... There is, of course, the social aspect, which um, and a lot of people will, you know, say planet before profit, etc. Okay, but money is the 
determining factor in whether or not yeah, you're it's in the business. Key, it's the key driver. And for me, something was coming up. And again, because I'm always looking at who's new, what's new. Um, and that was crypto back in 2013. I had my first conversation with a friend who is a bit of a geek. And uh, by 2014, I thought it was a bit too expensive to get in because a Bitcoin was $300. So I, th I thought I'll wait it out. By 2014, my friend, he developed one or two products and he came to me saying there are, and he was in the newspapers, okay? So I had my digital assets uh, role within digital commerce, as I said, and digital uh, content. And what happened with him was he said, look, I'm getting calls from banks and management consultancies. And um, the one thing I should mention is I was uh, already known for being good on stage. I've taught many people how to present themselves whether it's on stage or on tv so he said look you know how to do public speaking will you help me because i'm gonna be i've been asked to give trainings i said my price is that you take me with you so fair fair i'll teach you we'll work on your presentation but we go together and we did that and for 2014 and 2015 there was a big interest because bitcoin's price was going up um so we managed to get into uh several meeting rooms, boardrooms, um, in and around DIFC. And the thing that was fascinating to us, and this is maybe the key to all our conversation, was how little people working in money knew about money. That's interesting because it's funny you say that because recently I had, uh, not too long ago, I had someone on the show and she came from a financial background working in the financial sector. Uh, and the topic of our conversation was all about um, money and how to manage your money and grow your wealth. And I thought uh, my perception looking from the outside in was if you worked in that world, I would assume since you're selling me those kind of services on how to grow my wealth and manage my money that you would be good at it. And she told me, she's like, Khaled, you'd be surprised. Like just because people work in that industry, they're, they're horrible with like managing their money and all that. And I don't know why. I guess this is just a perception you have. Like, if I'm coming to you for X service, I assume you have a level of expertise with that service, which you would apply to your own life. But I've learned that is not the case. Yeah. Um, I, let me give. And so this is the thing with regards to why you found me. What I'm trying to do is, um, so I I'm good at communication um, when it comes to again video content or any uh, on stage, um, and I try to break things down in terms of analogies, right? Um, so I'll give you an, an idea about why it's no surprise that people who work with money, work with your money, aren't that good. It's very similar to these days when you take your computer to be fixed. So this is an analogy for anybody listening or, or viewing. You can take your computer to be fixed and you leave it there and the person simply runs a CD or some kind of software, right? And the person will come back and says, the software couldn't, locate what's wrong so the person doesn't actually understand how to fix a computer as much as run a software right okay and so they don't have a need to get into the nitty-gritty into the details of how a computer works as much as they've got a task which is put this there and if if it flags something then that's your job and you could say that 90 percent of jobs in general involve some form of uh, repetition or monotony where it's only down to the person their curiosity and you know their level of uh reading or uh finding out 
would they know more or a background? So not everybody will know a background as to everything they're doing. I mean, I'd even go as far as something like medicine, where there are people who can do very simple procedures, but that's all they know how to do. And in today's day and age of you know superficiality, things like a Botox injection, that's not a doctor, right? Yeah. They know how to give it, and it's very lucrative for quite a few people. So in that sense, a money manager <laughs> is like somebody giving you Botox for your finances. <laughs> I like that. Okay. So um, when we sat in these rooms, and I've done it ever since, um, we, are, we go back to basics okay. and we start with something as simple as, so partly it's for me to learn. So of course, one of the best things about life is if you want to learn something, start doing it, right? So I started um, trying things out, especially in the crypto space. Absolute skeptic in terms of, I don't know who's on the other side. How is this happening? Um, why you know why does it have value of course in absolutely valid questions and I still have today friends who are not in who have these questions but I then go back and look at 10 years of data so I've had the advantage of being very cautious and not uh, putting everything um, you know into Bitcoin which is of course a shame that I didn't <laughs> back in 2015 because I was afraid yeah. um, but as I've seen and I've learned there is a science behind it and security. It is so secure compared to anything we've seen today. So people don't understand that this is a new form of uh, technology. So in terms of the internet, yeah, the internet didn't exist in its current form in 1990, right? You know, in the 80s, we had computers starting out. But the idea of a lot of computers connected around the world, and you can't shut them down, so I'll give you an example. China could shut all the computers down today. The internet won't stop. America could shut all its computers down as well as China. The internet won't stop, yeah. right? Back in 1990, you'd just have to go to one building probably yeah. and you'd be shutting down a network. Yeah. So this idea that it's spread around the world and is in a way electronically permanent yeah. is real. And in that sense, now we're building a new layer and that new layer is a layer of financial uh, exchange that is accepted and is acceptable. And that's the thing that fascinated me. So coming out of the crypto closet <laughs> a year ago had to do with everything that I'd been learning and everything that I'd been introducing people to came true. And now we're at a stage where it's um, Bitcoin on its own is worth over a trillion dollars as of uh, February last year. And that means that there's a trillion dollars worth of people's money that they've put into this thing and it's secure. So, you know, if you uh, talk about betting, you know, you'd I put my money where a trillion other dollars are. Not It's not 10 people. It's not 100. You know, it's millions of people have their money. And the system is so strong. The more people that join, the stronger it gets. So the mistakes can happen, and they are mo most probably human mistakes in terms of losing. Yeah, like the wallet. But the value right. still is volatile because a trillion is not a lot of money, apparently, in this day and age. <laughs> uh, that's a very, very interesting, interesting story. It's in, it's funny because I was gonna, I, you answer the question yourself, so it was perfect. Um, I was curious why you went from TV, like your TV background and production background into crypto, but okay, now it makes sense. But the also the interesting part about it is 
through your friend who, like you said, I think to be in it that early, I think you had to be like super techie or like to really understand like, what is this? Like, why is this exciting? Why is it so on? And for you to be able to learn through that experience of not necessarily like, yes, you understand the tech, but understanding people's mindsets and talking about this in 2014, because here we are now, almost, what are we now, eight years later. And with everything that's happened in the space, and like now things like, I saw your post yesterday, Google launching a blockchain division, Visa and MasterCard now accepting crypto payments. Uh, like there's so... Can I tell you, MasterCard yeah. gives you rewards in Bitcoin. Really? You'll spend your money, your cash, and you can choose to get rewarded in Bitcoin or Ethereum. You know, and a very important point, you can have 10 cents worth of Bitcoin. You can yes, have yes. 20 cents worth of Ethereum. Yeah. This idea that I have to have. So it does two things. One is I'm getting rewarded in this magic cloud money. And two, this fractionalization. It can actually be fractionalized way more than a dollar. So way less than a cent of one of these uh, it's digital. It's zeros and ones. Yeah, exactly. And it's uh, and that's what and that is one thing that once I started learning about this that blew my mind is that I thought uh, like you said I thought I needed to own like a Bitcoin like one Ethereum for me to generate value for this to be worth it for me to grow my money. But it it's all it it it's irrelevant at the end of the day because as long as I have even if I have 0. 0.5, 0. 0.1, 0. 0.2, it's all about percentages. If it goes up by X, if I've invested $1,000, gives me 0.1%, let's say, of a Bitcoin, but it goes up 10X, okay, I made $10,000. So it doesn't matter that I don't hold one Bitcoin. And that was a thing that really surprised me, I guess. Yeah, people want to um, uh, use what they know to understand something new. And again, that's something I try and do up to, you'd be surprised, again, and I've sat with CEOs of companies that have hundreds of employees and you know, with a financial background, and you see aha moments. You say, yes, but one, two, three, and they go, oh, yeah, mm. oh, really? And in that sense, it is understanding something new, but being open to knowing that you don't know. And that's, I think, the biggest, you know, piece to this puzzle in terms of people uh, going in saying, what's all this fuss about? And there is a big fuss about all of this because there's something you don't know, and that's okay. I think from the people in the space angle, uh, one of the problems is that they use, uh, and this, here's how I describe it. It's almost like they use Chinese to teach you Chinese in terms of a language. So they use a language. When you talk about, when you see somebody who's into crypto and you say, tell me about Bitcoin. They say, well, Bitcoin and the blockchain are decentralized. They've just said three words that I've that you've never, never heard before. <laughs> true, true. And I need to understand each individually. Yeah, And that's one of the things I'm clear about in terms of let's explain what blockchain is using an analogy and then let's explain what decentralization is using an analogy from something people understand and know. Exactly. But at the end, there is a mini kind of leap of uh, thought that they have to do. It, we're not talking about it using the analogy. We are saying it is a new thing. Yeah, exactly. And I think I think you made a good point that I think that's one of the biggest challenges, like you said, is if someone, if I know nothing about it and I come to you and I'm like, oh, Jamil, tell me about this. You, okay, you, we can use an analogy, but other people would exactly say they'd get super technical and 
even if it's not that technical, I have no idea what you're talking about. So to me, it's like, like you said, it is Chinese. Yeah, I've I, I've been to Spain before, and because of how I look, you know, I go up to a shopkeeper and I ask for something in English, and they ask me answer me back in, in Spanish. Spanish. Yeah. I have good Spanish friends, but I'm like no hablo español. Yeah. And then when I say it, they they start getting louder and you know thinking, ah, oh, you're a Spanish guy trying to act English. Um, so it's. Again, I think using uh, you, you, there's so many things to understand in this space yeah. that you have to give it a bit of time. Yeah, but also people have to uh, start to explain it better. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the key point. I think it's explaining it better, um, which brings me back to the question: In 2014, when you started talking about crypto, when you were going around the world, like giving these conferences, giving these speeches, and so on, I could understand at that point in time why. People might think it's a scam. It's this brand new thing. We have no idea what it is. You say it makes money. I don't know where it is, where it looks, anything about it. Fast forward now, here we are in 2022. Now there's um, publicly and globally, this is like the hype word now, the Bitcoin, NFTs, blockchain, all that kind of stuff. So people, even the normal person like myself, for example, is aware of it and is like, okay, what is going on over here? Yeah. But even with all the 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 signs that this is moving forward even with all the information that is out there for you to learn that there's youtube videos you can watch about this now that people would explain it to you in very simple terms as well there's still a like i'm just comparing between now and then okay then no one knew what it was and no one understood now everyone has like has heard of it but i don't still not everyone still understands so why do you think now with all the things that have happened to push it forward and all the examples of like like Google and Visa, like so many big things in the world, like governments accepting it as currency as well. Why do, why do you think some people see, see it as a scam? Um, well, a couple of reasons. One is uh, the news media, right? And I worked in media and I started my career in news. Um, people in the media side... Uh, there are two problems we're facing. One is they want to sell clicks. So sensationalism mm. sells clicks. And sensationalism has to do with fear. So they, I mean, TV news, although it's dying, it has gone online and sensationalist headlines. Uh, this person, uh, l- let me give you a very funny, and I, I want to make a video about this. And by the way, so I started a YouTube channel, which is J-A-M-I-L-I-S-T, Jamilist. And because I want to try and teach people using simple lists of things they can tick. Um, so here's uh, here's an example that helps you understand. Uh, this um, young guy did a video where he takes you through the graph of you know the price of Bitcoin. And he shows you. He says, there was this one time, Bitcoin, it was like at $10 and it crashed to $2. Like there was this other time, and he goes to another part of the graph, a couple of years. Bitcoin was like at a hundred bucks and it crashed to 40 bucks and no no and, and you should be worried because look look this time bitcoin was two thousand dollars and it crashed to 1500 bucks and then there was one time bitcoin was twenty thousand dollars and it crashed down to seven thousand dollars of course what he's telling you is it just keeps going it was two dollars and now it's seven thousand dollars but he's doing it in a funny way. What you notice in the news media is Bitcoin just crashed 40%. Yeah. And that's the narrative that... So, obviously, because people follow what's in their face, uh, 
um, and don't dig deeper, all they're going to see is Bitcoin crashed, Bitcoin crashed, Bitcoin crashed. But this is just like a startup, just like something you're succeeding at. You're failing upwards, right? And the one thing that hasn't changed, and this is why I have this confidence to be here today, is there are zero times that Bitcoin, the um, technology, has been hacked. It is the most secure technology in existence right now. And let me be clear that banks get hacked. Bitcoin doesn't get hacked. So in terms of security, your money is secure in a bank because they do their best. But what's even better is this blockchain technology that the more people join, the more secure it is. Yeah, Uh, I really love that example because even listening to you like say it just now in my head, I was like, yeah, crash. I'm hearing crash, crash, crash. But I'm like, okay, 22, 40. Okay, the crash just keeps going up. But I think... This is the problem, I, and I experienced this myself because I got into the space because of all the hype around it, just like how everyone's in NFTs and stuff now. Um, revenue potential. Everyone's like, you hear these stories, I'm like, and again, there's a lot of bullshit out there, uh, but there's also people that I know myself who have done well for themselves, and congrats, like, good for you. So it's like, um, you look at it from opportunity missed, you know, all I, I don't really care about what this does. Can I make money from it? Yes. Okay. That's why I'm interested all of a sudden. Um, but one thing that I think um, we still don't get is, or what I don't understand is there's, I think there's a discrepancy. This is my perspective. There's a discrepancy between crypto and blockchain. I know they, they are part, they are the same thing. But I think I could still believe, for example, in blockchain technology, like you were talking about from a security aspect and like what the potential of this is. But I might have a negative view on cryptocurrency in particular. Yeah. Can does that is that normal? Is like is that something that you can have? Is it you either buy into one or the other or you buy into also one, you know, I got to take it all kind of deal or I don't know. What are your thoughts around that? So I'm really liking the fact that you're asking the questions that I think 99 point, maybe 9% of people have in their minds uh, because this is the important conversation to be having today. Uh, People who understand it need to understand that over 99% of people don't. Yeah. And even those who are in, a huge percentage of them, way more than half, are literally gambling, literally (laughs) throwing money at stuff that a friend said. Now, it can be okay for a while, but it's not going to be okay for somebody who's putting their life savings or somebody who has a family or whatever to not understand what they're doing. So to answer your question very clearly, um, you need to understand that Bitcoin and only two or three other projects have the attributes Mm. that make it a scarce resource, something similar to gold, in the sense that you're buying one of a few, one of a limited number. A lot of these other projects, and they are very similar to any uh, um, company share you might buy into, Facebook, Amazon. uh, So again, they're not the same. I'm just saying similar mindset. Yeah. Facebook, Amazon, Google, you know, Facebook lost 30% of its value a couple of weeks ago. Yep. But Amazon didn't, and neither did Google. Why? The reasons are company-based. So let me be clear about the difference between Bitcoin itself and um, Ethereum in a way. 
and then many other coins. Yeah. The difference is the other coins have an element of, uh, they're, they're set up by a company and people. Bitcoin is not set up by a company. Bitcoin is a technology that's out there on the internet that is running itself as a protocol. And it's, again, I'm saying maybe too much for people to actually, you know, don't be afraid. Yeah. It's easy to understand once you, un once you go um, to the background. The rest have some form of people behind it, centralization. Again, a few others are very good at what they're doing in terms of being secure. But don't just jump in mm. is, is my, my only piece of advice. It's put money in, definitely put $100, $50, whatever it is you can afford to lose, but you're not losing it. You're learning. So yeah. you're learning. Your yeah. $50 is a $50 lesson if it goes to zero. It could be a $50 nice lesson if it goes to $100. <laughs> that's, a very nice, that's a very nice way to look at it. One, uh, listening to you speak, there's one thing that just popped in my head, and I think this is the problem. Um, or this is something that I haven't even, I wasn't even paying attention to until you said it. Things like, like the other coins are out there that I was interested in, like uh, Cardano's, the Solana's, the, all that kind of stuff. You made a good point that like, this is a, this is company based. Like there's a company that has like this, the, it has created these coins. Like this is where it's come from. Not that doesn't, that's not necessarily bad or good, but Bitcoin, like you correctly said, is is pure is like the essence of I guess what blockchain technology is. It's a protocol. So somebody put um, a white paper out in two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine. That's what kickstarted this whole like this whole thing, right? Yes, they put out a thesis and they said, if there's a program on the internet that does these things, where nobody can own the program, it runs based on. Um, decentralization this is the word that they use um then this would lead to you know abc which is you'd be able to transfer money and, uh, and securely and you'd be able to um keep it uh off the network if you need to with all of that the point is it was a protocol and a bunch of programmers who don't know each other they just read the white paper and they said let's give this a try and so this protocol in a way the security is the fact that it's running itself. It was. It's neat. It's kind of has a beginning, middle, and end. Mm. Right. Once it uh, happened and it it it, it uh, was launched magically again, because I think technology uh, throughout history there is some element of magic. So the Wright brothers flying a plane. Everybody said it's impossible until they did it. Yeah. Right. And you could say there's an element of magic of something that is a big metal can flying Flying. through the air. So in that similar way, way of knowing that it, it works, this does. They put it out there and it's taken flight. Yeah. Um, and um, I think you made a good point. Well, num number one, it's almost, it's always impossible until it's done. I think history has proven that you can, in any, any in a million ways. Um, another thing that I think <clears throat> should be clear is we look at Bitcoin like the normal person looks at Bitcoin just like I look at another coin. It's a coin. It is worth something. This can generate revenue. But like you correctly said, this is being run by itself. And this is running itself. And this a company has created. So there's no, you can, there's no, let's say, bias or external motivation here like with Bitcoin, for example. But there could potentially be with Cardano. And that's why you hear about 
like all these whales coming in and how they structure these uh, these kind of things but you 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 uh sent uh, posted the posted on linkedin yesterday something that i thought was interesting and i'm like because i didn't really understand what it meant i'm like what you're like why is bitcoin the only perfected use case of blockchain i'm like that's interesting why is that perfect if all these other projects and all these other companies and all these everything that's being built on the blockchain now why is this perfect in comparison to that why is this the per like the perfect use case and i guess what are the others doing where are the mistakes or what are the mistakes that the others are making okay um very good question i want to be clear in saying that i'm a great believer in a lot of other projects too. yeah yeah, yeah. and they are uh, uh many of them have again this idea that nobody will control it not one entity many of them have that inbuilt there are by the way it's uh something that people outside of tech and programming don't might be surprised by but you can copy the code of bitcoin it's out there and you can actually launch a khalid coin tomorrow oh, really and it'll be the ex it'll have the same exact tokenomics the same economics as a bitcoin right it's will people start to buy that and exchange it that's the question uh, what i'm saying is there are companies or people who've created so let me be again clear i'm not saying it's either bitcoin and everything else of course is, not. yeah and a lot of people who love bitcoin will say everything else they call it an shit coin um <laughs> yeah right so that is not what i'm saying I am saying that Bitcoin has had the longest time to prove itself, right? Fair. So with yesterday's post, is it's is, it it's been perfected in the sense of it's never been hacked and it's got mass adoption. What separates it from other projects that do have a very programmed in decentralization, nobody's going to control it, is a mass adoption appeal and proof of time. Right, so yeah. some of them were launched in 2017, 2018. Some of them were launched a year ago, and they are working. It's just that they haven't had time in the market yet, and that's, I'd say, one thing to be aware of. Because if you're getting into one of these that have great um, people launching them, some of the smartest people in the world, way smarter than me, uh, are in and all in because they see a new moment in time, and I'm trying to. I'm trying to be in the room where I'm not the smartest person in the room. This room is cryptocurrency. There are many, many smarter people. Um, so in that sense, answering your question, it's not b only Bitcoin and everything else sucks. It's Bitcoin is the oldest and proven over time, is what I'm saying. Gotcha. And it's a safe bet in that sense. Um, but uh, the others, there are many that are similar. There, there are many that are better in terms of there's a whole energy use and speed and yeah, scalability yeah. uh, situation they have solved it they are solving it it is working but it's just that it's a bit recent relative to bitcoin that's one and then with over ten thousand projects launched some of them are literally uh marketing hype with a lot of words and people put their money in and, and the money gets taken out it's a total scam yeah so if somebody says put your uh, $100 in here and it's going to turn into a million in three months, go ahead if you don't want your $100. <laughs> it's that simple. That's actually, that's a, that's a very, very good point. Because um, that, that's what I also, when I got, like, started getting into the space and learning about it, that's what I heard too. 
you know, you start to look for the coins that had maybe the lowest, uh, least volume, but like the highest volatility, like all oh, this went 20x in like last five hours or whatever. Um, but then you hear about stories like uh, of exchanges like Kraken who like have, you know, so many people lost money on that, you know, trading and keeping the money there and stuff. Um, so I think it's important to remember, and this is going to, I'm going to touch on this a little bit later um, about um, how to, how, how to make the smart move. Is Bitcoin the safest bet? Absolutely, for sure. And thank you for clarifying that because I think it can be misconstrued that like, oh, that means the other projects aren't good. No, it's just proof over time. Uh, and it hasn't been hacked. And like you, all the things you said, it has the, um, the biggest, I guess, credibility across, you know, across the board. One thing I was thinking about, and this opens up, I guess, a lot of a lot of doors, but uh, I'm curious because I don't understand. You know how, like, for example, I can't remember which country, which country it was in South America that started accepting Bitcoin. Was it Venezuela or? Uh, so uh, El Salvador. Yes. Now has announced and accepts it as a real currency. Yeah. So there's a country like that who accepts it in that way. And then you hear about all these like stories about different places in the world and governments want to ban crypto and so on. And I'm like, I'm like, and the question I have is why? Is it purely because like you can't control it and you want your like slice of the pie? Is are you like are you that greedy? Is that what it is? Or and if it's so secure, why? Or do you have your own thing like you hear about the digital like one, for example, that they want to push instead like. So I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. So I'm curious to hear, like, what are your thoughts? Why are some for, are some against? Is it economically dependent? Because like a Salvador, China, okay, there's a big, big difference economically. But I don't know. I don't know. Um, again, brilliant thought that you're having. It will need anybody to uh, begin to understand. So I have a friend who he's seen my video. And he asked me a very similar question, and it's about regulation. So there's a word which is very important in this space, and it has to do with regulation. Um, and regulation comes in definitely from a state perspective. Here in the UAE, we are incredibly lucky. I, you know, I say it bluntly. We're just lucky that they are giving it the right attention. Uh, between uh, Abu Dhabi, there's the ADGM there. And here in Dubai, we have both the Trade Center and um, DMCC are issuing crypto licenses where, and let me be very clear, you have to, if you're going to be doing anything in this space as a business, passport, who you are, left kidney, everything yeah. you have has to be clear before they're going to let you into this space as a company. Um, that's why, you know, it's in a way, if you have nothing to hide, then that's what you should be doing. So regulation from a state perspective, what's happening in El Salvador and why it's a an interesting situation. As El Salvador is its own sovereign or supposedly, you know, everything within El Salvador belongs to El Salvadorians and El Salvador president should be making these decisions. Yeah. So other countries and especially not other countries. Here's a big shocker, right? This is something that people don't know. The Federal Reserve of the United States is neither federal nor is it a reserve. It is a private bank. It is a private company with a CEO. That's what the Federal Reserve is. Really, I'm not making this up. It's not conspiracy. It just has a fancy name. So it might as well be called 
the American dollar printing bank. That is all it is. Okay. Now they don't even print money, and this is a se- a second thing. Um, there's a business uh, man, Tom Bilyeu, incredible oh, yeah. podcast. He's, he's fan- Impact Theory is fantastic. Impact Theory is his podcast. He learned about money by exactly the same questions you're asking, and he's made a lot. He's he sold a billion dollar protein bar company. His and I'm gonna just quote him because it might make it easier for people to understand. He's like, look, I know that I can create a product, put it online, and make millions. I've, I've perfected that. I have no issues making money. And I thought, great, I have cash, so I'm rich. What I never knew before a few very intelligent people opened my eyes to it is that when I heard the word printing money, he said, I never knew this. There's nothing printed. He said, I literally used to imagine, oh, the Fed's printed money, so now there are suitcases or containers of money going to banks. He said it's literally a press-enter game. Like, there's a computer, and then you go press-enter, and there's a trillion new dollars in banks. So they say in the economy, but it goes through banks first. So right now, me and you, I send you a WhatsApp, right? You receive it. It's that simple for the Federal Reserve to print a trillion or ten trillion dollars. Yes, they go through a, a few processes, but it's just a digital thing. So get your mind around this. There are no dollars being printed in a printing press. Really? Really, really. Those are practical. Those are so that there's dollars for people to spend. Okay. When they need cash. Yeah. But as I have this conversation with many people these days, when was the last time you walked around with cash? And how, really? right? Yeah. Your credit card, now you can do it on your phone. Ping, it's done. Thank you, sir. So the idea that there's cash in the bank, printed money, is in people's heads. And, and the banking model is to not have cash or storage facilities for paper, right? It is zeros and ones. So when you send money to the UK, you're clicking enter and for the federal reserve of the united states now the the reason this whole conversation becomes more interesting and people should learn and should look into this is in the 40s a lot of countries got together and america suggested and they agreed it was after world war ii that american dollar Mm. should be the world reserve currency this is why it's important it's an agreement that happened in the 40s yeah all the countries said yes america is the reserve why because everybody wants to refer to one thing yeah when they're making a transaction somebody from japan making a transaction with somebody from finland can easily relate it to a dollar yeah it's been since the 40s we're in 2020 in 20 years it'll be 100 years we've had this one system um there is an alternative to digital transactions. It exists right now, and this is the scary part. It exists because it lets two parties, so El Salvador wants to do business with another country, let's say the UAE, it won't have to go through the US dollar. Ah, okay. They will have an alternative. By the way, it could be not Bitcoin. It could be something like the UAE reserve uh, currency which is a digital one. So it's giving rise to these ideas where you're no longer dependent on an old system that so many people depend on. And I will give the very simple, again, I'm not here to make waves. I'm here to yeah, actually, yeah. I'm curious, just like you, where yeah. are we going to be in five or 10 years? What are, our, what are our kids going to be doing? So let me give you the very simple analogy. This is going to be easy in people's minds. When was the last time you sent a fax? 
<laughs> I can't even remember. How many people run to their landline on a daily basis no. when there's a phone call? No one. Could anybody who had two or four landlines, like I know a girl who said, oh, we used to have four of these in our house. Um, landlines, mobile, not mobile, phones that are connected to the wall were incredible for decades. Amazing. I could call somebody in another country through this little device. And look where we are now. My point is change comes when things become a lot more convenient and a lot easier. Technology allows for that. The telecoms companies in the 1990s in the US, and I have this uh, in, you know, in our workshop, we show it. Telecoms companies tried to make internet calls illegal. Illegal. In the government. Yes, really? absolutely. It, it, they, they went in with their money and their uh, representatives saying this is an illegal thing mm. uh, that we want to stop right now. What I'm talking about they did in the 90s is they wanted to stop Skype. Google Meet, Zoom, WhatsApp calls, Facebook calls, all of these. Why did they want to go in and pay politicians to say it's illegal? Because they make their money from phone calls. Why do banks want to stop this now? Because they make their money from the system that exists now. My, of course, encourage, and this is why we sit with bankers in our workshops, and we're like, find a middle ground adopt this new way before people take it on board anyway so sitting in a media company saying no we're going to print more newspapers the, uh, the you know the idea is print more papers put them on the streets you know make sure everybody gets to see our newspaper it doesn't mean that they're not going to consume news online digitally yeah that's i love 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 that example that you gave because it 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 makes it so simple and clear um and at the end of the day, listening to everything you said, it comes down to one thing, which is I'm happy now. I'm making bank now. I don't want to stop making bank. Please go away until, you know, I don't have a choice but to, you know, get on get on board with it. So I think it sounds like and given that everything that's happening and all how quickly technology is developing nowadays that this is an inevitability. It's just about it's an it's a when, not an if. So what that world is necessarily going to look like we don't know yet and we don't know what other capabilities are going to pop up from there but maybe it's time to just get on the bandwagon man like fuck (laughs) it's it's hard not to listening to listening to those examples yeah and again put in what you can afford to lose in one way um and in that sense it's an education fund right yeah but it's one of the best education funds. So, you know, if people go and do an MBA and spend $100,000. If you have that money to waste, stick it in Bitcoin, learn about Bitcoin, right? And I'm not just saying Bitcoin. I'm just trying to repeat the word Bitcoin because I think it's the best gateway. Yeah. Um, your 100000 can go down to 50000 within a year. But keep it for four years. So there's something, again, to do with the technology. It's a four-year cycle. Is to do with something called the having. The having, exactly, yeah. Um, and that is literally supply gets constricted programmatically. That's it. The, the the program is out there, and all the computers have the same program. Um, and it's that supply gets restricted. And with the mass adoption and the fact that it's now more than a trillion um, a dollar asset, and let me tell you the banks that are in: J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs, 
Blackstone, which is the, one of the biggest um, venture capital. Like everything. Yeah, and as well as BlackRock. Um, and, uh, you know, we just mentioned MasterCard. When these people are in, it's partly in their benefit that of- people don't adopt yet before they can be more in. So it's almost like buying a stock mm. but not telling people about it. Yeah just so you can buy more of it yeah because once a you know the zero to one the tipping point happens a bitcoin because it's limited let me give you an idea um, again people don't think of these things and i didn't i'm i never thought how much is all the gold worth all the gold the gold that you wear and the gold that you buy and the gold in the bank all the gold in the world today has a value of around 10 trillion dollars so Everybody who trades, and it's just gone up, by the way, in value. Why has it gone up in value? People want to buy more within the last, past few weeks because of world, um, you know, world situation, not just the war, but uh, inflation. Something secure, something limited, all of this. Yeah. Bitcoin has all these and more, but here's the difference. Bitcoin has a trillion dollars worth of people's money. All you need is half the people who have gold to think, let me put, let me let me hedge my bets. Let me put half of it in gold and half of it in Bitcoin. What that would mean is a forty thousand dollar Bitcoin worth one today is worth forty thousand dollars. If it goes from one trillion all the money in Bitcoin and becomes five trillion, so half of gold is five, then your forty thousand dollar Bitcoin, it's that simple, becomes a two hundred thousand dollar Bitcoin. Mm. So four times five. Yep. So now, will it happen within a year? No, it can go up and down. People can take it out. But, but what's happening, if you look at the history, don't listen to what I'm saying. Just look at Bitcoin chart 2015 to 2022. Yeah. it's the, uh, And I've taken a look at, I've actually taken a look at the, the charts that you're talking about, and it's there. You know, the numbers are there. It shows you how, you know, the big, uh, 2017 I think when it was like a huge like crash and I don't know what and now like two years I remember when I I got into it Jan la, Jan last year um, when I got in it was I think about 36 37 I don't know anything about this stuff so my friend's like just get in get in I'm like okay fine I'll get in and then I get in and then I but I'm like, let me just look back a few months. Like, I'm like, how? What was it before? And it was like twenty thousand. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, how does this like double in like three months? So, but one thing I've learned and uh, learned from my mistakes, guys, because this is something I learned getting into all this. Number one, when I, I so I was, I learned through this experience that I'm quite greedy, and I didn't know I was greedy. And I'm a gambler. I like I'm willing to take like a risk. So I was, you know, I wanted to do day trading because I'm like, why do I want? I don't want to wait. Like I can get a little bit here, a little bit there. Not only that, I was using leverage. Not I, I now I know it's a lot of leverage, but like 10x leverage. I'm like, okay, fine. I'm like, and you just learn so much, man. When you like start to trade, I swear about human psychology, about your own psychology, about yeah, how greedy yeah. you are, and. You know, so I have like, and it kind of like what you said. The whatever I invested was, um, like, I'm. This is these are like this is my like payments. You know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm willing to lose this just to like learn. If I I won some days, I lost the others. I lost definitely more than I won. But, and I think, go. I think that's something important to go into this with is to look at it. Not you can make a lot of money 
Yeah. Do, there's many different ways to do it. But if you are risk averse, you don't really understand this world and Bitcoin, for example, and how it works. Go into it with a long term vision. That's your like if you want to be the safest bet, like that's the safest bet. Yeah. Try to accumulate over time and your money will grow. Yeah. You know, try not to get stuck because this is what this is the reason I say this because this is what's happening right now with NFTs. I got into crypto because there was so much hype. My friend wouldn't shut up about it. I'm like, okay, fine. So, so it's called fear of missing out. Well, yeah. It's FOMO. It, yeah, FOMO. I FOMO'd in. And now there's all these NFT things going on. But now I have my crypto experience before. Like what I learned in that time. So I'm like, I'm, I'm feeling the FOMO, but like I don't want to make the same mistake that I did before. Um, so like transitioning on to like NFTs. Number one, since so you've been in the space for a while. I found out about NFTs literally like... I'm saying going to say yesterday, but like a few months, like two months ago, three months ago, whatever. Yeah. And I've been like up and down about it. Like, I don't know how I feel. People are like, yeah, bro, I brought this. And it's a picture of like a dog. I don't know. I'm like, why? He's like, because someone's head is like going to go up in value in like 10x and 20x. And the numbers you see flying around is ridiculous. So, um, but I'm still like on the sidelines, like, wait, wait, hold, hold, like relax, bro. Don't, don't jump in like you did before. Um, so I've always been, I guess, on the fence about it. Yeah. And then I watched a interview last week uh, uh, that Gary Vee was on. And he gave me a whole new like perspective on it. And I'm like, okay, I see. I'm not looking. Now I understand like how he sees it. It's not like, oh, like I can make money here. It's about what's the, what will this do? Like from a tech perspective, like moving forward. Yeah. So when it, so number one, how long have you know heard about NFTs? Like when did you become aware? Because you've been in the space. Like we became aware. Like someone like me, like mm, yesterday. Three months before you. Oh, three months before me. Okay. Yes. Okay. I would have. Uh, I, that's interesting. I thought you would have been like mm. you would have been in it before. Like you would have been aware of it. I guess nope. beforehand. Then I guess, like you've been asked this a million times, but you. Pre- I've learned today you're very good with analogies. So make it simple for me and for everyone. Okay. How do you describe an NFT? I know what it is now, but how do you describe what it is? And number two, let's start with that. And then because the next question hits two things. Okay. Um, I'd love to hear your description first. And you're, as you, you know, you're saying maybe uh, uh, it'll help because it helps you understand. Yeah. Um, the way I see it is my perspective on NFT. I'm like, what it is is, okay, yes. It's a picture, but it's not a picture. It's a key. This key has a certain value. This key does a couple of things for me. Number one, this key could potentially go up in value in the future. So it's an asset. Number two, I'm the, one who, I'm the only one who owns this specific key. I'm the only one who can open this specific door. And f- number three, I look at it from a utility. Like I can, buying this gives me, what does this give me? Not just the picture itself, but... Oh, now I can go to like this conference. Now I can go to, now there's, uh, Gary Vee was talking about, there's like a restaurant, a physical location. So it's not just digital anymore. There's a physical restaurant that's going to be there. You need an NFT to go there. So it's utility is what does this key give me? What is behind that? What utility can I gain from investing in this thing? That's how I see it. Okay, um, I'll come at it then from, so you, you know, you spoke about a key and it's a technical thing where basically, let's be even simpler on the key um, analogy, you have a bank card and that bank card has a pin. 
Yeah. So you can get your money when you use your bank card and use your PIN. Anybody yeah. else trying to get money can't. Yeah. Very, very similar in terms of an NFT. It's just not a card, a plastic card, because it's on your phone, most likely. Um, you have a membership. So that's the public-facing uh, element. And there's a key, which is your, you know, you keep on mentioning key, which is your password, the one that makes sure that whoever's, uh, just like a bank, uh when you go to the supermarket and you want to pay with your phone or your card, they say, can we have your PIN? So you definitely, it's that simple in terms of unique. Um, so that's on the technical. But I want to mention the emotional side. What uh, it's like people... A flex. Uh, sorry? It's a flex. The flex. Yeah. What makes NFTs uh, much more than simply um, art? So NFTs can be a permanent record. So you're talking about a photo, but imagine a document. So right now, um, if you have to apply for, uh, if you want to buy a house or you want to apply for a visa, okay, you have to go and find some paperwork that is in your house somewhere. Uh, some people are very organized. Some people are less organized. You know, you might want to, you know, oh, I'm going to have to dig in the drawer and find the paper. And then you find that for some reason it's been damaged. Um, so you're going to have to go and find, so it's a birth certificate, right? I'm going to have to go and go to an entity where they're going to have to prove that I am me. And it's a whole process because it's a piece of paper, right? There are moves to make these things digital. With NFTs, you can instantly create digital records of things. So this is why I'm moving away instantly with you from the idea of it just being an image. So then when I want to use my birth certificate in a transaction with any entity, as long as it's on one of these, and by the way, we mentioned companies. There are entities that are creating this on the background. All I need to prove that it's me is, thank you, that's the correct uh, looking document. Please enter your PIN code. And that's unique to you, yeah. right? So therefore, they can see that this image of a birth certificate is the correct one. Until today, until a year ago, um, people had a fear of, yeah, but it's an image and it can be copy-pasted. What can't be copy-pasted is the serial number in combination with your PIN and the idea that this is not down to one entity. Um, here in Dubai, I think, and the UAE and Abu Dhabi, they might be the fastest to move towards this reality mm. of once it's on the blockchain and on this system, uh, then it's permanent, Right. The system could be Cardano, for example. Cardano is a system. They're trying to build a, a network that will allow for many of these different kinds of things to be built on it. Um, so it's a programming language. It's something that has a uh, dollar value as well. So if I can, that's why I'm saying uh, moving the NFT away from just being a picture of a dog to something that is very practical. Mm can have value so now the second part which is yeah but you know my birth certificate is not going to be worth ten dollars than a hundred dollars and a thousand that's a practical element and i wanted to people to understand but now the flex let's talk about what you mentioned which is the flex if i own a lamborghini i own a lamborghini because i want people to know that i own a lamborghini anybody yeah. who tells you that i own a lamborghini because i like the way it drives but um, I own a Lamborghini. The people who are going to see it are either going to be in my house or going to see me driving to uh, Burj Al Arab or the people at reception at Burj Al Arab. Once I get upstairs to the cafe in Burj Al Arab, my Lamborghini is outside. 
I'm no longer flexing. I'm no longer showing off. Uh, why do people, why are companies like Gucci, groups like LVMH, you know, with all their brands, why are these Burberry, any brand you can think of, so wealthy and so in demand? A Birkin bag costs tens of thousands of dollars for a leather bag. Yeah. Why? The flag. People want to show you that they mm. have it. Yeah. In that sense, so that's an emotional thing. Wouldn't you rather put that flex in front of many more thousands of people every day? So this is a Gary Vee thing. He's like, as soon as you understand that, wait, I want to show people that I belong to the Lamborghini Club. If I could have a Lamborghini icon and it has a tick, I'm not saying that anybody listening or watching has this mentality. I don't. But I don't. I do understand that it doesn't matter what I think. That luxury goods and luxury services are a massive thing because of human emotion. I want to show off. So the picture thing does two things at the same time. One, I'm part of the Lamborghini Club because look, I have a blue tick, and there's only a thousand of us, maybe ten thousand of us. Everybody else has a copy, but it's not the original. I'm one of the real people. And the angle of what you mentioned is utility. Utility, um, so people understand it, is literally what can I do with it, yeah. right? So I have a Lamborghini badge. I have a pin code that lets me enter into, let's call it a private WhatsApp group or private Telegram group yeah. where all the other cool Lamborghini owners, I know they have a Lamborghini because they have A, you have the car, B, you have the badge. So now I want to chat to other Lamborghini um, owners in Paris who are part of my club. Hey, guys, what's going on tonight? Um, I'm here. And can you pick me up in your Lamborghini and let's go somewhere? Cool. This private membership angle, um, somebody like Gary Vee did more amazing things. Show me your uh, serial number and put in your password and I'll send you my book. A physical item will come through the post to your house. You can buy the ebook as well. So this membership idea extends way beyond the, the photo is just what you can show off with. Yeah, yeah. The what's happening behind the scenes, and then we get into an a, a, you know a, a, we're not going to have time today to get into another thing that's age old and historic, which is art. I'm yeah, helping an art gallery release sixty nine NFTs um, to somebody who bought the actual painting. So the person bought the actual painting, and the painter um, is actually does digital art as well is gifting the uh, person who bought it for hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, individual NFT. yeah, individual NFTs. They're going to be owned by the buyer, right? So we're literally doing that and issuing it and giving it to the buyer. Why? Because the, this buyer bought something real, but now they're getting more and something they can show on their phone. So let me tell you, the painting is um, as big as a wall of a house, a normal apartment. That's how big it is. But he can't carry that around with him. Mm. What he can carry around are the things on his phone that he can show people, which are all elements from the painting. Yeah. And he's paying a premium price to do that. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best reaction that you can have to all of this. Yeah. Which is... <sighs> it's, it's, it's just... Like listening, listening to it now, like I'm, I'm okay. I had some information before and listening to it now, I like, I, I get it, but I still don't get it. If you know what I mean? Like I'm Excellent. like, I'm along the way, like, okay, yeah, I kind of get a vibe of like what this is, 
but like all these all the stuff like behind the scenes only now i'm is my brain starting to be like oh this is how you need to think about this stop thinking about picture there's all this other shit happening which is where that's that's what makes these special not this this is the this is like the door this is like the door yeah. to the rest of this this is the superficial uh quick uh, yeah. like you know anybody who's old enough to remember myspace yeah myspace yeah okay you can go from myspace to something like slack or you know uh these uh, project management softwares myspace had a feed of photos and comments and posts right look at what you can do today even um the facebooks of the world are trying to get into the office you know and mm. sharing of documents and all of this kind of thing so the photo angle is a very quick and literal thing but yeah. it has a kind of dimension to it so let me tell you about shipping around the world imagine uh every uh uh thing that comes from china to your doorstep somebody produced an nft document that document shows you exactly all the way down to the factory where it came from yeah and all you need is that documentation plus that key to prove it so my point is point of origin source so shipping the technology exists and it's real. It's just about perfecting it, adopting it, teaching people a new way to do things. Yeah. And I think, the, before I move on to my next point, this is one thing that just kept popping up. So I understand an NFT like from like you were talking about as like a record. And it's a secure, it's on the blockchain, you know, it's, and there's a lot of security things that are in place to make this look legit. But what if the thing I've already submitted is bullshit but now it's on the block it's super secure if you read the nft but the actual like content of the document is bullshit how do you doesn't that could that not cause a problem but let me give you a very real example i have a video on youtube about this which is the mona lisa okay right um do you know how much the mona lisa costs no but i'm guessing a lot it costs 50 49 from ikea Excuse you me? can buy a poster of the Mona Lisa. Uh, yeah. You can. Yeah. It is literally there before today. Okay. <laughs> is it the real one? So you're talking about I can post any old crap and put it up there. Um, it's up to... and So the real Mona Lisa sits in Italy in a museum and it's worth over $850 million, right? Why is it worth that? If you look at the price of the canvas and the price of the paint that's on it, and I again in my video, it's about a hundred dollars worth if you use really nice paints. That's the worth of recreating it if you were going to do it in oil paint. Why is this one? It's because of the story. Mm. The story behind the Mona Lisa is the value of the Mona Lisa. Yeah. Created by Leonardo da Vinci. It was at a time and a place and a blah blah blah. All of that and the history and where it is and how much security people put around it. There are better paintings, right? Or painters who could do fantastic, and but they don't make eight hundred fifty million dollars. So agreed that there's only one real Mona Lisa, and there are many copies that you can literally buy at IKEA. Mm. Um, you're saying, what if I posted a fake digital image of the Mona Lisa up? Well, that's down to the people buying to do their due diligence. Now let me give you the example of the Mona Lisa. A fake one was sold a year or two ago for just over $4 million. So somebody gave somebody else $4 million to buy the real Mona Lisa. 
they should have thought, why is an $800 million painting being sold to me for $4, four million. million? Yeah. But they didn't. Yeah. They obviously have too much money. Mm. And they got swindled. Yeah. In the same sense. So this is where real world common sense and real world um, processes should be put into place that help you check and double check. And I love saying, you know, the, the, the whole NFT space is full of so many projects. Look at the people creating the project. There's a project called VEV, so V-E-V-E dot com. This company has partnered with Marvel, Cartoon Network. They have Batman, Superman. They are the real deal. And you'd think, yeah, but who cares? It's a digital image of Batman. The people who bought it for $100,000 care because yeah. they have the first Batman NFT yeah. created by the company that has the rights to the Batman NFT. Yeah. So there's a kind of all agreed between humans um, sequence to doing things and giving them authenticity and IP rights. So that's your homework. Yeah. That's the answer. Yeah. How can you know? If you're not sure, don't click by it. That's, <laughs> that's very good. Very. If I, if I may, and even if you're sure, triple check. Triple check, yeah. And because it's funny you say that because one thing that uh, Gary, v, Gary V said, um, he's like, when talking about NFTs, he's like, 90% of the projects are going to zero. Yes. I'm like, okay, so the question is, then how do you identify what's a good project? And that applies not only to an NFT, but also to a coin, for example. What's the project behind it? How do you, and it, so if I'm, so now, okay, let's say I understand what NFT, basically, let's say today I came in knowing nothing. After our discussion, now we have reached here. I have some knowledge about coins, NFTs. I'm convinced I want to get in. All right. Now, and you, you made a, and you just talked about it now that you need to do your homework and double and triple check. But it's, the question I have is if I don't know where to even start, like you told me, oh, there's a, there's that whole, that whole story that came up about the Dubai coin, which turned out to be bullshit. And I don't know what I could easily have fallen. I could easily have fallen for that. So how do you, I guess, I don't know if it's different for crypto and it's different for an NFT, but how do you identify what's a good project then? What are at least like maybe, a framework that I should go through yeah. to determine whether I think this is a good project or not? Um, very good question. Uh, I would say start with the two or three biggest in terms of mass adoption, right? Okay. Yeah. And they are literally Bitcoin, Ethereum. And I would say Binance is a very good, so BNB. Mm. Binance is the biggest exchange by far, which yeah. is where you can go and buy all your coins. It's the biggest exchange by far, so in a way, you're putting some money. So the second part I'll say is, don't put more than you can afford to lose at the beginning. Avoid avoid your human emotion of thinking, it's just doubled, I'm going to... When something doubles isn't when you put more money in. You sit back and wait. You take profit out. So this is important. Um, and I made these mistakes in terms of you go, oh, it's double, it's going to triple, it's going to yeah. go. No, that means that a lot more money needs to flow from outside into this specific project. Um, about other projects, you start to divide your money between one at a time, projects that you think, okay, this looks interesting, and watch trusted sources. There's a guy uh, called Guy, Coin Bureau is uh, the name of his channel. He breaks everything down very, very well. And people like that. In terms of uh, investment, there's a guy who has a, a 
channel called Invest Answers. And uh, he has been 30 years in money and he understands things perfectly. So listen to people who say, and they're very cautious. Now, the second part, as I say, as soon as you start going into projects that aren't the first, second or third, put money in that you can afford to lose and don't try to be in everything at the same time. So I'll break it down into three general areas. Sure. Okay. The biggest things people are investing in are the crypto in general, so Bitcoin and Ethereum um, lead that narrative. And then it goes to something called decentralized finance. So literally what banking is using people and computers is being replicated but automated. So decentralized finance and its coins. So you can go into something that gives you 20% per year uh, uh, interest and it does it automatically. So there are coins that let you do this. You can borrow um, on, you know, using your Bitcoin, you can borrow more Bitcoin uh, in one or two projects. And it's very secure programmatically. It's just been out for a couple of years. So Aave, there's Compound is uh, a coin. Look at Compound um, as an example. And then the third one, NFT and Metaverse. Now, this is the biggest use case. I really think and I agree that that's going to bring in the mass adoption because of data and numbers. The one that you want to, you know, would you rather be where um, people are still um, starting and uh, uh, they're, they're kind of taking baby steps or where there's going to be a mad rush? I think the mad rush is going to come from gaming. And the reason is, yeah. so gaming today, if I want to play a game, I go and I buy a PlayStation, I buy an Xbox and I buy a game and I'm not a gamer. You know, uh, I know people who are. And then when you buy right. the game, you are. And, yeah. and when you buy the game, you can actually start. Of course, how are they going to get you in more and more? Is start buying things within the game. Connect your credit card. Exactly. So you, you know, on a very simple level, you buy a shield for ten dollars and maybe a hundred dollars. That's going to make you get to the next level. So of course, you're you're thinking, you know what? Um, here's my money. Right. What's happened? This exists, but it's right at the beginning. Is ah. So let me. The second part about gaming. Ignore the games themselves. As an industry, it's bigger than movies and music combined. Okay? Wow, it's really that. In the US, $200 billion gets spent on gaming. Wow. And not that much gets spent on movies and music combined, right? And globally, it's a similar story. So the fact that... Ah, because uh, you, you're forgetting about mobile gaming on mobile yeah, phones. of course. And any age, you know, you can see older people as well as younger people playing games on their phone. Now imagine you're hooked on a game that's giving you cents to the dollar. Imagine this: these cents are part of a token, a currency, where there are only a million of these, meaning it's a fixed amount of tokens. Like with anything, like land on an island, when it's fixed and more people start buying it, it can only go up in price. And this has happened with a game called Axie Infinity. And if, you know, whoever's still listening till now about gaming, the one thing that is clear about it is games take three to five years to get made, the good ones. Yeah. Okay? Years to be programmed properly. Some of them are now two years in. So we are literally, within 2022, you're going to see one or two really good games. The others, now there are many games. Think of Snake. If you remember Snake on the Nokia, you know, there are very simple games that can begin to earn you stuff. And there are simple games that are launched 
in the metaverse now where you buy the character using the coin but then that character goes out and starts you know when you see a super mario brother going ping 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 yeah, coins yeah. that's actually worth money in the real world okay you can actually exchange it for bitcoin you can exchange it for us dollar on one of these exchanges so you're earning a, a token within the game and now why do you earn more and more tokens two choices i want to buy a shield and it's worth this much i could use my dollars and or i could just play more and i earn more tokens and i have the shield that will earn me more tokens look at axie infinity philippines in the last year 2021 this game there are villagers in the philippines that started to make a thousand and two thousand dollars a day they wow. bought houses for themselves and their parents Wow. because they got into this game and they became uh, professionals just playing all day, earning. Some of them never had a bank account and now have a need for a bank account. So it's real in the sense of look at these people who now have homes out of playing a game. And I'm saying that's one of the biggest realities that's going to, you will, when, some, when a gamer like you, sees an, an amazing looking um, a game uh, football yeah where they have to pay a central entity or they're part of a game where somebody's you know there is an entity that helped put it out there but the more they play the more points they get that they can exchange for real money that's like that's that's the dream like as a gamer yeah honestly yeah yeah and, and you're creating but you just i mean you're like what i yeah, get yeah. to play all day and earn yeah. of course i have <laughs> your attention yeah exactly and this way is created it exists people are making money on all the only lag is a really good game takes a few years to make in terms of yeah, uh, all these minecraft is in something called nft worlds minecraft it's not totally official they have had the conversation and they're doing it where they want to uh, get a man, Minecraft like now Minecraft is the biggest played game on earth so when they launch something where people start to earn as they play this is blockchain this is what this thing called Bitcoin gave rise to which is a new way for value to be secured and locked using your password online online yeah wow man <laughs> every like Everything we talk about as the conversation has gone on, there is like... 10 more questions. Yeah, literally 10 more. And there's Give so much time. more potential, honestly. I, I love when, when we bring people on. So one, the workshop that I do has to do with one of them is um, you'll come in and you'll buy an NFT, you know, by the end of it. The other one, the, the one that we've been doing more over the past year is um, you'll buy a Bitcoin, you know, you'll, you'll buy $100, $1,000, whatever you're comfortable with. worth. A bit. So you'll have a wallet. That's our idea. And it takes a couple of hours, but it's taken more like up to three hours because of these questions yeah to be clear once you're in this is what i say and this has been true again and again i say don't expect to learn from this session everything that you want to know but what's going to happen is you're going to come back to me within two weeks and then definitely within four weeks telling me things i didn't know people start to send you articles going look at this project that's happened look at who you know whatever company microsoft yeah and as you said google yesterday oh there and then that person will share something that is obvious that they've understood you know like the technical aspect. oh but it's on another layer blockchain yeah They're yeah like, yeah oh you're saying layer blockchain wow so you know more now <laughs> that's i think you i think 
you you made a good point. And I think we talked about this um, uh, right before we got started. And you said that anyone who tells you they're an expert now is probably like, a, there's a very few in the world that's probably talking bullshit. We're all, everyone who's in this, no matter how deep you are, no matter how far you are from it, everyone's still learning together. Yes. So, and like and like you said, every every day, every week, you hear about something new, another layer of technology, another different type of thing. So, we're still in, it's, it's, this is the beginning. This is the beginning. But I think the fact that now a lot of people, like the normal, the average person, this is how I think of it. I'm like, the average person knows, has heard of this. I don't, doesn't necessarily know what it is, but just the fact that they've heard of it is already a huge sign. Yeah. Like, you know, so many people like now. It's, it's almost it, as big as the Kardashians. That's how big it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like, <laughs> that's a good example. <laughs> Um, so I think moving forward, like if, if people get into it for the right reasons and you can hang around, I think in a couple of years down the line, if you really understand this, you're going to be able to leverage this to your advantage and no matter how and which way. Um, but one thing that, so this is one thing that I have never asked and never knew. So you hear about all, like we talked about today, these, all these projects being launched, launch, 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 launch. I'm like, okay, wait relax how? how let's say i'm khalid i'm sitting today i come to him like jamil i want to launch a project how how the hell do i do that is it and someone asked me once is it like like in my mind is it like okay there's block there's internet and there's a blockchain on the internet if i want to like make a website i go online and i can like make a website there's like it's and it's simple is that the same thing with blockchain or do I not like, I, I don't know. I've never asked like, how do you launch a, pro a project on a blockchain? Good. Amazing question. Um, there are uh, platforms. Okay. They call them layer one chains. Um, so Bitcoin is one. Ethereum is another. And then you have things like Solana or Cardano or Polkadot, right? Why am I mentioning these? I'm going to make it very easy in an instant. You use Microsoft Word or you use a Mac, or you use Google Docs, right? So how you create a document, you'd create it on Microsoft Word. Okay. Let's say that's like Cardano. Or you'd create it on a Google Doc. Ah, that's like Polkadot. So it's another, can they, can you send one from the other? Sometimes yes. So I'll give you a very clear example. You can upload a Microsoft Word document into Google, and it becomes a document, you can't send a Google document to Microsoft Word and it becomes a document. As a document, you can copy the text. So the first thing is, how do you launch? You choose one of these protocols. You okay. choose your software. Yeah. And then within that, so exactly like publishing a, publishing a document on Microsoft Word, you put the right things together, you click save, it's saved, now, if you want to publish it, you put it on a, a correct platform. So you set a blog and you publish it. So it's out there, right? On a very simple level, you're going to pick one, two, three elements. So I'm going to write my, my document on uh, Microsoft Word. I'm going to email it to someone who's my uh, webmaster and they're going to publish it on my blog. Yeah. Right? One, two, three. Now people can consume it because it's out there, it's on the internet. And all of these that I just mentioned, there are networks of computers. So there are 
two and a half more uh, programmers for Ethereum, for example, programming all these new, uh, all the backend continuously. And they're, they're increasing by the day and 3,000 or 4,000 um, programmers who are dedicating their life to programming this thing. And they're getting rewarded in ETH. By, in ETH yeah. and, you know, they're getting rewarded in different ways. Companies are paying them. You know, Solidity, the language that it uses. If, you, if you're a programmer in that, then every company, so you just mentioned you, Khaled, decide I want to launch um, uh, a product. You know, I want to launch something that gives people 20% interest and I want to launch it on Ethereum. So I'm going to find a programmer and I'm going to write that. So you, now other people have figured out a way for you to copy paste and you can. There are now platforms online where you can launch a project just by saying what you want it to do. Click, 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 mm, yeah. launch. Yeah. And that's the beauty of the internet, you know, in terms yeah. of uh, you can uh, do various things. How secure is it? How solid is it? How solid are you as a person? Have people seen you do something like this before? Are you just uh, somebody experimenting? Or are you somebody from a Cisco background mm. who sees a problem and they're trying to solve it? Mm. All of these are the questions you ask before you jump in or you yeah. help somebody. Yeah. Um, uh you should make, by the way, your YouTube videos, just do analogies for the rest of your life. Honestly, like <laughs> so many, anything that, anything that was difficult, like, or challenge technical to understand today, you put an analogy, I'm like, oh, this makes so much, this is easy. I get it. It makes so much sense. Um, put it, the analogy used was perfect because now I think of it in the exact same way. I'm like, it's like when I want to like, it's kind of like when I want to launch a website, am I going to use Squarespace? Am I going to use whatever? I can just go one, two, three, and boom, I have a website and it's kind of a similar thing. Yes. With with blockchain, you know, with, or to launch a project on the blockchain. So, um, I th and this is it, and this come. I think to summarize everything we've discussed today, this is the problem. There's not enough s simple explanations for these things. That's why it's so hard. That's why even me before our conversation today, I knew things, but I didn't. Again, I get, it, I got it, but I didn't get it. Now it. Putting it in those kind of terms makes it so much more understandable, so much more relatable. And like my brain's like, oh, okay, cool. I know Word document. Okay, this is how it works. Okay, cool. Easy. Yeah. Um, and so this is where we are right now. We're in 2022. This is what's going on. Now, this is something I've, like, I've heard. Again, I'm sure you have another analogy for this, which is great. Um, I've heard about this thing re only recently, this concept of Web 3.0. I'm like, okay. I didn't know there was a 2.0 or like a 1.0, but like I've read a bit. So I get like, you know, internet came, this was web 2.0 and now blockchain is like web 3.0. But what, if you were to explain to me, I'm like, Jamil, what is web 3.0 and what can I expect, you know, in the future? What would you tell me? Okay. Uh, I'll try to be as brief as possible because I think it makes uh, easy sense when yeah. you think of one, two, three web 1.0 was when, uh, you had websites that simply displayed information. So you'd go okay. on a website and it would have uh, an article and that article you can read it. Great. Cool. And that's where blogs came about and you could even have email. So I'd send you an email, which is a text maybe with an attachment. So that's Web 1.0, done, finished. Web 2.0 came about when you have companies like Facebook, Amazon, Google, and others where they listen using AI uh, to your message. So you're emailing somebody about a holiday or you're writing it as a post 
There's an AI that picks up the word holiday and starts putting examples of holidays up in front of you, but these are paid by an advertiser. So they started to use um, AI to listen and to sell products, and this is what gave rise to the valuations now between Amazon, you actually search you know, when you search something, and this is what's funny about Amazon, you buy it, and then it starts advertising the same thing for the, yeah. the full week. Um, the fact is, people now, um, they can create their own shopping sites, but also their own news, their own the YouTubes. You're a creator, and you can uh, monetize effectively. Yeah. yeah. But the biggest winner in this is the company that gives you the platform. With Web 3.0, so where we are now, it's the idea that I don't need to depend on Google or on Facebook. I can actually launch. I become that platform, that entity, which is I release my videos on a platform that rewards me directly. 90% of the money that uh, comes from the advertisers goes to me, and there isn't any central... The, uh, the management of it is much more on the AI side. It's just out there managing itself. And there's a token angle. It's not using dollars which have a middleman, which have a bank, which, you know, all of mm. that comes in. No, no, it's very, it's much cleaner. And I'll go to the gaming angle. Yeah. This game is being played. Everybody's exchanging their swords and their tokens and their gold coins between each other. And there isn't a middleman taking a slice of each one of these. The company that launched the game is getting richer because the owners own a lot of those tokens, but so is everybody else. Yeah. The more value is shared amongst the users, literally. And there are one or two YouTube-like um, platforms as well where you're going to, when you launch your video, you earn a token. There's basic attention token is a yeah, great VAT. one, which, yeah. is a, which is a browser. The more you use their browser, the more tokens you're going to get. And they're very secure and they help you in this journey. So Web 3.0 is actually giving people more control of what they put out there, what they own, but also helping them uh, have much more of the value. Is it perfect? No. Are there companies that are trying to get in there early right now so that their 5% becomes 10, becomes 20? Yes. Yeah. But the option will be available for mass adoption of something where it's more, I would say, more skewed towards the creator, more skewed, skewed towards, towards the user, okay, rather than just this one central entity. Okay, um, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. And like thinking, looking at it from that perspective, going through one, two, and three, how and like everything we've heard, especially last few years about your data and being sold, and you know the ads and the security and all these kind of things. So you, instead of me built being part of this big network that i need to survive i can create my own and i'm self-sufficient and i don't need you know i don't need your permission or your ideas or your money to i guess run this thing the way out the way i believe it should be run yeah and everyone part of this network the aim is for all of us to win together yes we want to make money but we also want to give you a platform to be able to utilize this network in the best way possible, not just from a, I guess, utility perspective, but also from a financial perspective. Does sure. that sound about right? Yes. Okay. Amazing. So yeah, it's, uh, you know, once it's explained in a way that you can understand, 
let me be clear what's amazing about this is four weeks from now again i expect you to be able to tell me something that i didn't know right? I, I hope so <laughs> yeah and the idea of you know you say expert yes one or two people are experts but it's about who's got more experience yeah and who's got um a uh, logic or an approach that you like so yeah. Uh, the approach to this is gamble, yeah, put all your money in and, you know, a dog photo and it goes down to zero. Yeah. Or, wait a second, this is actually a real project by real people who've done 20 years in financial services, yeah, right? it's credible. And they're using that and trying and succeeding to find a way that, wait, we can replicate this in a program and therefore people are going to be paid out more automatically. Yeah. Let's work on that. And it does it does work right now. Yeah. Wow. Lots to digest, a lot of things to digest, but I've learned like a ridiculous amount today. I'm, I'm just trying to piece it all together. Um, Jamila, just have three more questions for you. Um, number one, and this is something I was curious about because I wanted to see how it play, like how you believe it plays in. So your experience, you said, lies in digital commerce content and changing culture. You know, from the work you did with Access of Evil and you know the comedy stuff and your TED Talk to being in the crypto space now. I get the culture aspect, I get the, the digital commerce aspect and the content aspect. Where do you see, I guess, now for yourself <clears throat> moving forward, I guess, the intersection of those three areas? Nice. Um, so I, I'd say, you know, I'm quite lucky in the sense that, it, you know, I, you go out there and you try something new and then by itself, the world uh, gives you something back. So number one is understanding uh this space is something that uh man it's a difficult question to answer um give me a sec take your time okay great question because um you know one thing is you start on a journey and one of the brilliant things is whether it's a company a startup or just a personal project like your podcast and i've just started my youtube journey and you don't know how the world is going to bring things your way mm. um that will help you so what's happened for example within uh crypto is i understood it from a money perspective because i deal with businesses trying to either sell a product or uh, get growth through being seen yeah. and get their money so my focus was okay there is a more efficient way of exchanging money especially across borders and i started to learn that and that's what brought me in so the, the money angle how can we um do it that way and then what this has given rise to the crypto space is learning about your own finances. So we don't get this financial education at school, yeah. right? And now True. I've learned from incredible people a lot, uh, you know, online, but a lot uh, using videos, etc. About you know how can my money make money? And the big change in the past five years has been: you used to have to call a broker to buy shares, for example. Mm. This is now an app on a phone. Yeah, a broker is literally not you know out of a job. Yep, the same as somebody who pr printed newspapers. They're out of a job, so you can learn about money. My main one is getting people to understand better how they uh, interact financially, and I'm talking about businesses and how these payment systems uh, work. And what's very interesting, the thing that came about is uh, the NFT idea has to do with media as well something i understand yeah. very well and how 
media is something a that you use any company i can tell you i've said this for 10 years now needs to have in-house media people yeah right for sure because you have a story to tell as a company and if you're not telling the story somebody else is and that is probably your customer so having storytellers um is important and it's something that i do want to help with but you have to understand the business first yeah and and how the business makes money or can make money and then the other one is with this whole rise of nfts it's actually the fact that you can then now you're going to be able as a company to interact directly with a lot less of a middleman interfering with how you share value with your consumers and customers yeah so that (laughs) that's a great answer man it's funny how given the experience you've had and like you said that every next thing that you took kind of brought this new aspect into it that you either didn't know about or didn't learn about or there was a new way of doing it whether it was money in crypto uh, media and nfts and so on and or e-commerce for that matter just how like you said go out when you try to do something the world's going to give you some type of feedback and you don't know where or how those three things are going to link or like come together in the future um jamil i have just two last questions for you and these are questions i ask all my guests number one uh looking back either at whether it's personally professionally if i ask you what are you most proud of for yourself what would you say being somebody who's open to change okay okay and knowing that i don't know everything being a lot more confident in that sense of not wanting to be um an expert I, I, you know like that i think is just such a an overhyped word so that's why i think and we talked about this uh off camera as well if you don't know something if you spend two weeks trying something you're you're not going to be learning about it if you put two years into it so you want to write a book it could take you four or five years. So the other one, I, I do have patience as well. That's something that people have seen is uh, try, try again, Yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And um, the idea that it's fine not to know something and then to be the first person to learn it. There is, however, one aspect and that's to do with, for example, your podcast, maybe video. Um, I think people are far too in their head. They think of what the problems are with something and think that other people uh, are watching or care. Mm. And there's a reality. Everybody out there cares about their day and what they're going through a lot more than they care about what you're doing. Yeah, for sure. Right? And um, it's the opposite. If somebody sees what you're doing and complains, great. It means you noticed. Mm. You know? Yeah, what's worse? You. Yeah, what's yeah. worse than um, being noticed? It's not being noticed, right? So um, listening is the other the other thing, which is, you know, I'm proud that I've learned to listen and learned to listen even better. And my wife is a person who has even seen the change in terms of my perspective is not the only perspective out there. There is space for many, many perspectives. Um, so, you know, it doesn't matter for everybody to agree. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be, you know, as long as you're not harming others, then, you know, enjoy your journey. So I hope that that answered your question in a way. yeah no i think i think it does and i think the biggest thing that i take from that is that last that last part is we don't all have to agree there is room you know for a conversation and there's a million different perspectives um and but what we're seeing 
Okay, I'm not going to op open that door. But we're seeing that now today. I'm just going to briefly touch it. Um, that nowadays, that a lot of the mindset seems to be globally is that if you think different than me, you're either not only are you wrong, you're like my enemy. You're not part of my uh, my tribe now that thinks like me that like for example the uh, like the nfts versus the nft scammers or whatever you know just something like that um so i think keeping an open mind is super important and have room for that uh for that discussion um and from my last question jamil what is the message you'd like everyone to take home with them today great um learn by doing is the most important message and give it enough time. So don't think that something is going to take a month when in reality it can take not a year, but two. Um, yeah. I'll get, you know, uh, and anything that you think you're not good at. So whether it's podcasting, video, writing a book, doing exercise, trying a new skill. Um, I'll give the example of um, someone I knew uh, who studied architecture and went into it for eight years of her life until she was 27. And then she decided she wants to do medicine. She's a doctor now. This is more than 15 years ago. She yeah. became a doctor because she thought, yeah, I really want to help people and that's what I want to do. And of course, what she knew after doing eight years in one subject and one discipline is it's going to take another eight to 10 years to do that. Yeah. And I admire that. And that's the one thing I would say is don't just try, try 10 times and enjoy failing the first five. I think that is beautiful advice, man. Um, I resonate with that a lot. Um, I think I like what you said a lot. I think something that I say a lot of the time is just try. That's my main thing. And a lot of people have said that before. But I think it needs to, now listening to you, you have it's important to add that other aspect because there's a good chance the first time it might not. But if you give yourself... Give yourself a, like a, a pilot. I'm going to try this X amount of times. If it doesn't work, at least I can walk away knowing that I didn't just, oh, I tried it once, I didn't like it, and you know, it's done. So I think adding that onto not just try, but try a couple of times and give it and give it some time. Try 10 times. Try 10 times. Fail publicly. Fail publicly and enjoy the fact that you're failing while trying to get somewhere new. Yeah, and get right? failing forward, failing up, upward, failing upwards. upward. I believe that's that's the way yeah. you said it. Fail yeah. up, you know. Nobody, nobody who matters. Okay, people who matter don't care, and people who care don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Stop doing things for other people in that sense, but do take care of you know the day to day. I mean, yeah, don't do it at the price of everyone, everyone, and everything. Again, as long as you're not hurting others. Yeah take it with a grain of salt and just be realistic with it Jamia, thank you so much so much for coming on the show today man i've absolutely loved this conversation i feel like i just had a blockchain crash course in like the last like two <laughs> hours my brain's all over the place lots to take in lots to soak in uh, but i've absolutely loved it man and thank you for putting it in such simple terms i title you from now moving forward you are the analogy king without a doubt <laughs> that's you self i'm claiming it um, before we uh, round off, just let everyone know where they can uh, get in touch if they want to work with you, learn from you, find Amazing. you. Amazing. Uh, Metcalf.com, M-E-T-K-A-F.com is uh, the learn and launch on the crypto side uh, website I have. And Jamilist, J-A-M-I-L, 
IST on YouTube. On YouTube. And the email on Metcalf uh, is there and on the contact us page. Awesome. And also he's on LinkedIn, guys. So if you oh, yeah. if you LinkedIn. don't know anything about crypto, if you're looking to launch a project, if you want to learn what's an NFT, you want to buy an NFT, whatever the case might be, uh, make sure to check them out at Metcalf.com. Check out his YouTube. Um, if his YouTube content is any good, his LinkedIn content and his audio content today, I highly, highly recommend it. Jamil, thank you so much for coming, man. Thank you. And I'll only hopefully improve over time. Inshallah, inshallah. Hope so too, man. Guys, thank you so much for listening. And as always, hope it helps. Peace.